Hello, and welcome to Brave Stories, stories by and about children with cancer and the family and friends who love them. Brave Stories is brought to you by Brave the Shave, an organization that provides support to these children and their families when they need it most. This can mean life-saving medicine, rent or car payments, but most of all means being there for the children and their families. Brave the Shave is a community of families impacted by cancer supporting each other through compassion and kindness. Every child is unique, and so is their story. We hope that by listening to these stories of strength, joy, and sorrow, you can be inspired to share the same goodwill in your life. During this first episode of Brave Stories, we're talking to Tanner Olson, the father of Dash Olson, a young boy who has beaten cancer after several years of fighting. Mike Eggle, one of the founders and board members of Brave the Shave, is interviewing him. This is the first part of his interview. Tanner, you've been involved with Brave the Shave for some time. Uh, I've been involved uh, for uh, going on 14 years now. Uh, how long have you been involved in Brave the Shave? You know, I just actually figured that out. It's just just uh, approaching five years. Honestly, it seems to me like yesterday. It really does. It seems like no time has passed at all, hardly. I don't know why that is. Yeah, you know, in one hand, it feels like I've been part of Brave the Shave since the beginning. And then and on the other hand, it, I, I totally agree with you, too. It's kind of flown by. We've had a lot of activity. We've done a lot of things, met a lot of people. Um, so it's been quite exciting. Now, obviously, the timing of your participation in Brave the Shave coincides with the timing of your son Dash's diagnosis. Um, I thought it would be important to talk about that a little bit. And particularly, uh, one of the things that struck me is, you know, if you could just tell us, you know, how you found out when Dash was diagnosed, and uh, and just what that really meant to you. Absolutely. Uh, so Dash uh, is my younger son. I have two boys. Uh, Chaz uh, was eight years old, and Dash was seven. He's a first grader uh, when this all happened. So Dash, uh, he, he, he presented with um, leg pain, uh, uh, knee pain or ankle pain and, and hip pain. And uh, it was on a Saturday, and we didn't really think much of it. It was just kind of little pain, no big deal. He had just started wrestling in his first grade at in his uh, elementary school. They started wrestling, so we thought he just kind of twisted his leg, and uh, then it got worse on 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 Sunday, and uh, to the point where it was hard to keep him comfortable, which is really weird. So we thought, wow, he really he really did a number to himself. But he's a boy; he's seven, you know. That's uh, that's that's kind of <laughs> kind of par for the course sometimes mm-hmm. for a young boy, you know. Uh, and then Monday came around and he was he was uh, he was quite uncomfortable, and he, he I think we yeah we brought him to school, uh, but it wasn't I don't know not even an hour when the nurse called and said that Dash is in a lot of pain, we need to come get him. So we came, we got him, brought him home. I took him in to the doctor that afternoon and. Uh, uh, Doctor Doctor Smith, he, I, I, I kind of look back at that moment like a real, a moment that I was just uh, very appreciative of his medical skills, because he did a, he did a blood test on Dash, and when uh, you know uh, you bring a, a seven year old in that just has leg pain, 
why would you do a blood test? That's, mm -hmm. you know, doctors don't poke kids unless they have to. And that's right. what kind of a test are you running for a sore ankle or, you know? Um, but Dash actually two weeks earlier, he had a fever, unexplained fever for about a week and a half, 102 fever. And um, we brought him to the doctor for that as well and watched it and it went away. Well, it's February, right? So uh, viral, probably mm -hmm. no big deal. Right. But Dr. Smith remembered that and he put the two together and the combination of the fever that had left. And actually at this point, it, the fever was starting to come back. So he put all that together and he did a blood test. And he didn't tell me what he was checking for. I had no idea what he was checking for, but he was specifically in his mind wanting to rule out leukemia. So the next day, 10.28 a.m., um, I was an hour away from Bismarck driving and Dr. Smith knew I was leaving town and, and he called me and uh, he told me I needed to come get Dash because he's he has leukemia. And I, quite honestly, I, I, re I don't really remember a whole lot of what I said. I think I asked him, you know, what is that? Even though I know very well in my profession, uh, being in pharmaceuticals and, and out of medical clinics for years and years here, I know what leukemia is, but I, it just, it hit me like a brick. I could not comprehend that my seven-year-old has cancer. Just couldn't comprehend it. Um, so we, we, I was with my dad, actually. Uh, we were going to Minneapolis. We turned around, drove, raced back, um, and uh, Dr. Smith, he was trying to get a hold of my wife, Kara, as well, and couldn't get a hold of her. Kara had a daycare in her house. You can about imagine how loud that is. So she couldn't, uh, she couldn't hear the phone. She was busy with dealing with some kids. And, and so he called a mutual friend of ours and had her go over to Kara. And, uh, and she came over and, and she said, Kara, you need to call Dr. Smith. And she said, why? And from what uh, Kara had told me that she, there, was, there was no color in her face. She was uh, pretty terrified of the news and didn't want to tell her herself. So. Uh, Kara, or she watched the kids and, and Kara called Dr. Smith and, and he told her and um, I wasn't there for that and I, I, I part of me wish I was and the other part I'm glad I wasn't because from mm -hmm. what I understand she just uh, she lost uh, I mean if you can see a mother getting some of the worst news in the world that's what that scene was so we went and got Dash um, from, the, from the school uh, I got home just shortly after that. We went up to the uh, oncologist, which they, I asked what time our oncology appointment was, and they said, whenever you get there, there's another red flag. <laughs> yeah, when the doctor, when the oncologist says that they will see you whenever you get there, that's not a good thing. So we got there, and, and Dr. Sarabi um, told us that Dash has leukemia, that she didn't know what kind of leukemia it was. Um, there's a few different kinds, and uh, that we would find out in a day or two. And she said we needed to be in a clinical trial, and the closest places were Fargo and uh, um, University of Mary or University of, uh, of, of Minnesota and in Rochester, and that we needed to go there. And I remember thinking, well, okay, I, I guess you know, I'll do some calls and I'll, I'll do some research, and and we'll decide. You know, when do we need to decide? And I remember Dr. Robbie saying, uh, no, you're not really understanding. You need to go right now. He needs to be seen and administered chemo tonight. He has to go right now. 
So in the in the days to come, um, we found out that uh, th there's some rough math that's done. And Dash has acute lymphoblastic leukemia B cell, and uh, it it's called acute because acute it, it, by definition is something that's brought on suddenly. Dash um, was diagnosed on a Tuesday, and we were told that he would not have made it to the end of the week. We would have lost him by Friday had we not brought him in. And we found out, uh, doing some rough math, they said that he had uh, had it for 40 days. So that's how quickly this is. So the first acute uh, lymphoblastic, or a lymphoblast is what it's called, was born in his body 40 days prior. 40 days later, we detected and we would have lost him within a few days. So that was... Uh, <laughs> hands down the most terrifying thing that we learned yeah i remember so <clears throat> talking with joe mcdonough and joe uh lost his son andrew uh, and the speed of which that happened and then the effort that the doctors put in but it was just essentially by the time it was caught it was too late it was and it was so fast it was so fast for joe's son um i can't uh, you know how how did dash react i don't know that i've ever really asked you how you reacted those first few days so um yeah that's a good question so that he was obviously experiencing a lot of pain um but enough enough pain where i mean he was in pain but he tried to go to school both uh, Monday and Tuesday so it was painful but he went but he was painful right so um, and I, I that's another thing I, I will always remember is that day that he was diagnosed and they said we had to have treatment that night we got to Fargo and one of the best pediatric oncologists in the world just happens to be in Fargo that evening Dash was in such an incredible amount of pain had we not caught it for even one more day, he was a 10 out of a 10. So it it, it, it rapidly increased in pain. And really the, the pain that he was experiencing was bone pain. So your bone marrow inside your bones creates these white blood cells and some white blood cells are lymphoblastic or leukemia cells. And the pain that he was experiencing was the pressure inside his bones was getting so incredibly uh, such a high pressure that it was getting to the point where it was almost breaking his bones from the inside out. So that was the pain. So he was very, I mean, physically in a lot of pain that day um, and the next day and had to, had to have surgery to get a, a, a port placed into his chest and he had to have a bone marrow biopsy that, that, that concluded that he had 85% of his bone marrow in his body was cancer. 85%. He went through a lot of procedures within the 24 hours that we got to the hospital. So, but I guess the good part of being there, it was, we were able to, you know, administer some, some pain meds. He was able to get a little bit comfortable with, with the pain after being there for a little bit. He was, uh, emotionally, he was exhausted. He was just very, very exhausted. 
um, his hemoglobin count was really low, which when that's low, you're, you just don't have a lot of energy and you get really very, you get very pale. So he was just really, um, not really asking a lot of questions, not really curious, I guess. Mm -hmm. He was just physically and mentally just exhausted. But once he came out of that part of it, we had, we had a, a blood transfusions and all these different, um, treatments to get him one comfortable and two out of danger danger's way in in the in, in the immediate setting he was very um very concerned i guess i would nobody's ever asked me that he was very concerned but not panicky and then you know then he got to points where he was seven where it was i'm tired of being here this <laughs> i don't like this why are you you know you got kind of crabby why are all these people doing this why do i have to do all these things which you'd absolutely expect from a seven-year-old you know um, i'd have gotten there quicker than him uh, yeah, right. <laughs> wouldn't have taken me that long how long was it before you felt out of that level of danger so you know, some people with, with leukemia, I've met a lot of families now that have leukemia, that their kids have leukemia. So the really the goal for um, one, one there's a lot of goals in the treatment. So one of the main goals is to have the cancer non-detectable at day 30. Not that it's not there. They know some of it might still be there, mm -hmm. but it's to the point where it's almost non-detectable. So at day 30, we get to that point. We run this MRD test, and it comes back. Da, 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 da. He reacted to the, to the treatment like he should have. Um, so you think, like, in my head, I'm going, so give him another dose of chemo. We're out of here. Let's, let's head home. Well, uh, one of the first things Dr. Kobrensky, his oncologist, told me was, you know, if there was a, if there was a cancer that you had to pick for your child, this might be one of the top ones because the success rates are fairly good. With the flip side of that, it is the longest treatment. Dash received chemo almost every day for three years and three months. So I know that's a long answer to your question, but you, you I, I thought that I would get to day 30 and be like, okay, we're good. And then you start reading about, well, how, how many patients lose their lives to cancer? or how many patients lose their lives to the complications of cancer. And, you know, a very large number lose their lives to pneumonia, to the flu, to complications brought on by being immunocompromised. So my terror, <laughs> I don't mean pity party for me, but my terror didn't, it didn't go away for three years and three months. Well, and one of the reasons I ask you that is just because, you know, we've talked to so many families who have been impacted by this. And I think sometimes the answer is it never does. You know what? That's, that's one thing. So after Dash was done, then you go through the panic of not knowing his numbers. I knew his counts, his numbers of hemoglobin, his, his ANC, his white cell. I knew all that all the time for three and three years three months and so then after you're done then you don't have blood tests as often and they stretch them out 
And then you start to feel like this whole time you had a shield up. That shield was chemo. You're blocking that cancer from coming back or doing anything. And you, so you got this chemo shield up. Now you put the chemo shield down and you just hope there's no enemies on the other side coming at you and you don't know. And so that's a very uh, terrifying aspect of it. A lot of parents call it scanxiety. You're waiting for your scans and you don't know, you're anticipating next Tuesday we have scans. And it's the anxiety of that, not, you know, not knowing the results of what's, what's pending. And uh, there's a lot of emotional roller coasters, but I think, Ultimately, so now Dash Dash is now 13. We just passed his three-year follow-up with his oncologist. He's cancer-free and hasn't had issues uh, during his recovery. He's, his blood counts are finally 100% back to normal. It took three years for that to come back to normal. Um, but a lot of people say it doesn't get better. And I, uh, I would disagree wholly. It absolutely gets better. I worry about him. Absolutely. He, he coughs in the other room and I'm thinking, everybody's thinking COVID and I'm thinking leukemia, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, th- that, that worry is still there, but I don't go to bed at night worried about him. I don't worry about him going to school. It does get better. It, it really does. And I, and I sympathize and I, I'm so glad that we're, uh, we've, we're blessed to be in the position we're in because I think a lot of families, they never get to the point where they do feel better. I, I think that's right. Um, and obviously, uh, some kids don't have the result. I mean, kids are lost to cancer and those families have to deal with that forever. Um, I, I did want to ask just, it was interesting to me how you and Kara dealt with it a little differently and how it impacted her. But particularly, I, I love some of the mama bear stories uh, about Kara <laughs> and how you know, Kara's, Kara's pretty, you know, she's a pretty reasoned person. But I was wondering if you could uh, <laughs> sure. talk about exactly that. What Mike's, I know exactly what Mike's referring to here. Uh, now, just a little background. Kara is very quiet. She's very pleasant that she just she's you know at the party she's the one that's gonna sit there and laugh and not not say a lot she's very um uh reserved or just not for any reason but and i i can't being married to her for for as long as we have i i i could count on one hand how many times i've seen her outside of what mike's talking about uh very riled up she just is very you know level-headed even keel well there was one night uh, Dash, I can't remember what happened. He was ambulanced from Bismarck to uh, to Fargo a couple times. This time it was in the middle of the night, and uh, we were we were following the ambulance, so we couldn't be in the ambulance with him. But we got to follow the ambulance, and he was conscious. It wasn't. I mean, it was something you know serious enough to be ambulance to Fargo, but it wasn't like it was, you know, lights on and going hundred miles an hour. So we were, we were just driving it behind the ambulance for transport over to Fargo, at like 2 AM or something. And Kara was driving our big truck, which she never really does. It's a big three quarter ton truck. And there was a driver who had obviously had a little bit too much to drink intoxicated came up behind us. 
off the shoulder into the middle of the road and we're watching behind us going wow that guy <laughs> should not be driving and it is like 2 a.m so i'm sure he just came from somewhere well anyhow he passes us and then he makes the the, <laughs> the choice to go back into our lane between our truck and the ambulance we have this driver that's intoxicated that is between an ambulance carrying a seven-year-old with cancer and mama bear in a 7,000 pound truck. That's <laughs> she, I, I seriously, it was all I could do to keep her from putting him into the ditch. She was, gonna, I thought she had gone through police training. She was going to do a pit maneuver. I mean, she was going to turn this guy sideways. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, she was, I don't, I don't think she would even stop. Thank you for listening. More importantly, thank you for being a part of the conversation surrounding our kids and their families. We hope you've been inspired to be a part of our community through your financial and emotional support. Please visit BraveTheShave.net or our Facebook page to learn more about our kids and their incredible journeys and donate. Since 2006, the people of Brave the Shave have been working to support children with cancer and children's cancer research. We hope someday to be done with our work. But for now, please go to BraveTheShave.net and be brave this week. Thank you.